0: All right, Alexander, let's talk about the scandal-ridden country of UK. Some <laughs> People might have thought I was going to say Ukraine. No, the UK, Alexander, where we have uh, one scandal after another this scandal uh, involving uh, the Conservative Party leader, uh, yeah. Zahawi. Sure. He uh, a he's, the, the, he's the chair, okay, yeah,
1: and, and he was briefly there... chancellor in the you know, dying days of Boris Johnson's uh, rule. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's a scandal brewing, or it's already happened, I guess, with uh, the BBC and, and everyone's favourite clown, uh, Boris Johnson. And there's more scandals. What, what, what is going on? And, and while all of this is going on, while all of these scandals are going on, it's more, more money to Olenski, to just more, more money to Absolutely, yeah, you're quite right. You're it's incredible.
1: You're absolutely correct. It is incredible. Now, bear in mind, this comes in a country which, when I first came here back in the 60s, was at, at, at you know, public level. And in fact, even in private level, it was unbelievably um, honest. I mean, it, it, corruption levels in Britain at that time were extraordinarily low. Um, compared, certainly, to other countries uh, um, that, that I knew of at the time and since, so I mean, this is a country where had, had, there, there is not, there, uh, until fairly recently, until about, shall we say, the 1990s, until corruption was not in public life was not a significant problem. Well, it, it is spiralling out of control. In fact we have, as you correctly said, one corruption scandal after another. Now, the really big one, the one that, you know, is dominating the news media here, is in, in, involving a man called Nadim Zahawi. He was briefly Chancellor of the Exchequer under Boris Johnson. When Rishi Sunak resigned and put the knife in Johnson, Johnson appointed Zahawi, who's a personal friend, to be Chancellor. And then when... Johnson fell, Liz Truss sacked Zahawi and put in her friend Kwasi Kwate. Well, we know all that story. But Zahawi has remained, and Rishi Sunak has made him chairman of the Conservative Party, which, in effect, puts Zahawi in charge of the party's organisation. Now, Zahawi, some years ago, many years ago, a couple of years ago, set up YouGov. YouGov is a major polling sociological agency, and he set it up with a friend of his. But of course, he didn't want to declare dividends. <laughs> he didn't want to declare any dividends he was making from uh, YouGov, which very, very quickly, rapidly grew into a very successful Company, so he set up some kind of complicated trust arrangement involving his parents. So he received all the income, but he didn't pay the tax. And that's basically what it was, and we are talking about many, many, many millions of pounds. And various journalists got wind of this, and they were asking all kinds of questions. And they were saying, you know, is this going on? You know, can you explain what's happening? And so, how we came along and said. Oh, it's, you know absolutely not true no truth to these allegations if you publish anything like this i will sue you i will sue you because you're libeling my name and then a couple of about a week ago he comes along and says well actually it's all true all along but it wasn't intended <laughs> with any you know uh intention of depriving the taxpayer of you know my taxes, it was all careless. I was just being a bit careless even though the tax billing involved is well over £4 million. So he was being careless about this. And of course you find out that in fact Zahawi has been uh, milking the system. This is only one example of the kind of things he's been doing. He's milking the system for every conceivable thing that he could do. He's found all kinds of lobby groups that he's been working with. He's apparently the single, the second highest earning British MP, amongst, which is quite, saying quite a lot. And, of course, he's been um, doing that, and I'm going to say it straightforwardly. It seems to me that it's inconceivable that he would have been able to do that if he had not achieved the kind of position in public life that he has. So, anyway, there's a big scandal. I mean, I should say it's there's no sign of any... Legal action so far been taken against him. He's settling with the revenue. He will say that, it, you know, whatever it was, it was careless and it was only tax avoidance and all those kind of things. But it's not a good look. Lots of criticism of the government. Lots of criticism of Zahawi. Demands that Zahawi resigns. He's refused to resign. Demands that Sunak, the prime minister, sacks him. Sunak hasn't sacked him and so there he is still he is still chairman of the Conservative Party despite all this and no sign that he's moving and no sign that he's leaving and of course this is creating a very bad impression. Meanwhile the person who elevated him to this very high position Boris Johnson well we just heard another report that you know on the eve sh- Relatively soon before Johnson lost his position as prime minister, he was apparently short of money. He needed to raise a loan. The loan was £800,000. You know, Boris, a man of expensive needs. And uh, he approached another friend of his. The friend arranged this loan for him. And relatively soon after, this same friend got appointed to be chairman of the BBC <laughs> so there you go, I mean it's, it's becoming uh, and, and as you correctly say, this is only scandals on the surface, there's been issues now um, about the Metropolitan Police, um, some of them very serious, some of them not reported publicly and I can't talk about them, scandals apparently affecting many Conservative MPs, scandals I believe also affecting some Labour MPs as well these are all rumours, and my my own impression is that British politics has now become very much a, sta- a stagnant pull. There isn't any real competition anymore. The two big parties have basically become, you know, the uni-, the uni party that you get people talk about than the United States, only more so. Keir Starmer went to Davos and gave a speech there. You know, you might have expected that he you know, the head of the organ Labor Party would be spending his time meeting working-class people in working-class constituencies, but no, he prefers to go to Davos. And in a stagnant pool, what has happened is that all the dirt has come floating to the top.
0: Yeah, Tony Blair was at Davos, Kyrstammer at Davos, got Boris Johnson flying to Kiev. What happened to... To, to the uk do people realize i mean oh yes yes the citizens yes. Do, do, yes. do they realize this do they see this
1: yes. yes they do see it I mean do bear in mind do bear in mind that you know we've had a massive drop in real living standards in real real wages in Britain. Um, there's a, a we've discussed this before there's heavy there's lots of strike action going on in britain um, there's um I think there's a lot of anger uh, um, the, tr- the trouble is that the political class has eventually has closed ranks you also get the sense that on the one hand they feel they have a kind of impunity that they can pretty much get away with anything and you know so how are we after all still Conservative Party chair, he's still there, so, you know, maybe they're right to think that they have impunity. If you're talking about the Conservatives, you also get the sense that they're saying to themselves, well, we're probably going to lose the next election, and we're going to lose it big time, so let's enjoy ourselves whilst we can. I mean, there's probably something of that element involved, too. You know, make what we can in the time that's still left to us. So there's all of that going on. And at the same time, the country, the people of the country are becoming increasingly dissatisfied. But they're also very demoralized because the alternatives that existed have been closed down. Brexit hasn't really been implemented in the way that they were told they, it would be. The Corbyn experiment, the Corbyn uprising was pushed down. And so you get a sense of general sense of decay, but no real sense of. You know, anything happening that will shift around this stagnant water that
0: we were talking about? Yeah, you know, it seems like the many governments of the collective West, this, this sense of impunity that they have, the sense that, that they can do whatever they want and, and nothing's going to ever happen to them, it really took hold. A few years ago during the the, the lockdowns, in, in my opinion, I mean, that's where I, that, that's where they really said to themselves. Wow, we really can do whatever we want. And now it's being accelerated with Ukraine and, you know, they're they're washing money right in front of our, our eyes. I mean, it's it's right there As people are suffering. I mean, I don't know if I believe the stories in the UK, but I'm seeing a lot of stories of terrible stories of, of people who can't pay the their heating, their electricity, oh, yeah. of their, their dying of hypothermia. I, I don't know if this is true or not. Oh, no. I mean, there was but, a, a you non- know, All an... of this is, is happening. You know, yeah, they're just saying 10 billion to Ukraine, 20 billion. Yeah, no problem. And everyone knows it's being washed around. Everyone knows it's going to the military industrial complex. Everyone knows how that whole system works. But, I mean, it's- uh, what, can, I, I, what can you do about
1: it? Well, it did. I mean, coming to that, you're talking about the UK. I mean, yesterday I happened to see a headline story in the Daily Mail. I mean, just—I mean, I don't buy the Daily Mail, but I saw it on the, uh, you know, um, on a shelf in my local uh, supermarket, and it was talking about an, an old lady who died of hypothermia because she couldn't pay the fuel bills, and that's just an anecdote. But I mean. There's also a report that I've seen which says that a third of children today in Britain are being brought up in poverty and that in many cases people are struggling to provide food for their children. This is food. I'm talking about clothes and things. So clearly there are problems. And if you go to British supermarkets, um, again, I've noticed, you know, you get packets of milk, children's milk, and you see that the packets have been broken into and Bottles have disappeared. You know, I've seen that myself. So, you know, people steal them. <laughs> they don't steal the whole packet because that would set the alarm system ringing. So they just break in and they just steal a bottle. But there is a huge amount of fatalism and demoralisation. Now, this isn't sustainable. This kind of thing never is. And eventually, this system will break down. By the way, you're talking about Europe. I mean, of course, we've had that big scandal in the European Parliament, which is probably still evolving. But again, one doesn't get the sense it's really been prosecuted with that much energy. But, you know, the one in Britain isn't being prosecuted with any energy at all. Uh, I did see an article in the Daily Telegraph by Alistair Heath, a journalist I follow. I don't agree with him on most things. So I do find him interesting. And he made the very same point that you know we made before on our programs that eventually all of this is so discrediting the political system that a political space is being opened up for a new political force that could emerge. And Alistair Heath was talking about a new political force that could go, could go from zero to thirty-five percent of the vote almost, you know, at a single at a single leap and I think that's right Alistair Heath said what will probably happen and I think he's probably right is that the Conservatives will lose the election Starmer will come in with a massive majority even though nobody likes him but you know they learn to dislike the Conservatives so much that he's the apparent alternative he will do the same and have all the same you know, features to his government that the Conservatives have. Things will just go on getting worse. And it's at that point that the whole thing will implode. And for all I know, that's right. That's a, could, that sounds to me a perfectly plausible analysis. In Britain, you talk about the lockdowns. I'm going to say that I think the Brexit war played a big role Because the Brexit, Brexit, the implementation of Brexit, was blocked, if you remember, in Parliament by the Remainers, the the Remainer majority. And that showed already that they weren't, frankly, willing to uh, respond, to to, to take seriously a referendum outcome voted by the British people. And then it seemed that the logjam had been broken by Boris Johnson and his election victory. But now it's become absolutely clear that that wasn't the case. And they're, by the way, thinking of bringing back the Northern Irish protocol and all of that. So given that that is so, I mean, again, they feel that they can do basically what they like. They can reverse Brexit. And I think that sense of immunity has been reinforced by all of that. Even as at the same time the, the population as a general rule as a whole is becoming more sullen and more angry
0: yeah well I mean your German foreign minister uh, Annalena brabach, speaking about German citizens, but I think it carries over to to all uh, all of the the ruling class in the in the collective West she said it where where she was talking at a at a conference and she was like We're going to do everything we can to help Ukraine and whatever our citizens want, I don't really care. She's like, it doesn't matter what citizens want from from us. We're going to do what we're going to do, what we want to do. She pretty much phrased it like that. We're going to do what we want to do. And I think that's that's carried over. You know, I, I said it way in the beginning of the conflict. I remember this. I said, you know, Ukraine wants to become part of of europe and the eu and the collective west but the more this goes along the collective west is going to become more like ukraine it seems i mean you know ukraine is always saying well we're gonna we're gonna become more european but i'm seeing the reverse happening you understand what, Absolutely what i'm saying honest.
1: I absolutely understand what you're saying, and I think you're absolutely right. And going back to the very start of this programme, you said, you know, uh, a major corruption scandal in UK. <laughs> it wasn't Ukraine; it was the UK. But of course, it could easily be Ukraine. I mean, it's not very different, ultimately. I mean, you know, paying taxes. Well, you know, we don't. I don't. You know, I don't pay taxes. That's for the little people to do. And you know, if if I'm caught, well that was just carelessness. <laughs> it's not that I meant it intentionally, even if I did threaten to sue people who suggested I was doing it. I mean, that's the kind of thing you could imagine someone like you know President Poroshenko saying <laughs> if it didn't once seem that it was the kind of thing that you'd expect from the chairman of the Conservative
0: Party. Yeah. Our oligarchs, we have our oligarchs, and our oligarchs run the government, and they do whatever they want, and the government officials do whatever they want, and they're in bed with the oligarchs, and no, no difference, really. No. no. There really is no, no difference.
1: difference.
0: No. And it carries over across to the United States as well. You see it with, with the classified documents, with, with Hunter Biden. It's... Yeah. Well, absolutely.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, for me, by the way, we're talking about the United States, the most extraordinary it's received absolutely zero attention is you remember with the Supreme Court you know a couple of months ago uh, there was a huge uproar when the decision the dobbs decision was which was still in draft was published surreptitiously so massive investigation carried out to find out who was the leaker something you know which all the lawyers all the people said this is you know outrageous it is an enormous infringement of you know the the whole concept of the justice system that violates all sorts of fundamental things the pool of people who could have leaked this document is small apparently 97 and they couldn't find him, or at least they pretended they couldn't find this person. <laughs> it seems as if, I mean, they've now closed the investigation. They said, sorry, it was hopeless. We weren't able to achieve any progress at all in identifying who it was. <laughs> um, you're telling, you, you, you really want me to believe that? That the United States, with all its massive investigation agencies, cannot find... A person who leaked a document like this, that they can't even come to some kind of preliminary conclusions, I'd say prosecute whoever did it. I'd simply say sack them. <clears throat> no, they can't find them, case closed. I mean, that at the heart of the American legal judicial system.
0: Okay. Do you Have any other final comments or any other scandals, or corruption scandals that we should know oh, about? Oh, I'm in, sure. In I'm sure. I'm, or should I'm. We have the video
1: there. I think we can bend the video there. I mean, it's a depressing subject, actually. I mean, we've 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 laughed a lot at it, but I mean, it is it is extremely depressing, and it's going to get worse. And I mean, obviously, we have uh, corruption in Britain, as I said, which when I, I mean, not so long ago was a country where there wasn't corruption, at least not on a public level. And it 's getting worse, and there 's no sign of it uh, being brought under control. It is an iron rule that when things like this happen in a country, then um, it 's a sign that we 're not just in a state of decay we 're in a state of an early state of collapse because the political class, the people who are the leaders of the country, are no longer thinking about the country they 're thinking about themselves exclusively. And so they're no longer making decisions that are really addressed to dealing with the country's underlying problems. And it isn't just in one country now, it's right across the West, and that's how how it happens. If you remember when we were doing our history series on Russia, we were talking about, you know, extraordinary corruption that existed there, the incredible hedonism that you found in political amongst the political elite at that time. Well, it's not that different here.
0: Yeah, I wonder what comes first real quick. Is it is it, is it the, the collapse and then you get a new political uh, party that comes out or a political system or or does or are there cases where where a new political party or a political system can somehow come into to stop the collapse? Well, is this that is, even possible? Would the well, with this the is, this parties is, even allow that to happen?
1: This is this is the great unanswered question. I mean, it, it, can the system renew itself as a result of a new political force coming in and you know changing things? Well, it didn't. Ha- it, so far, they were able to block Donald Trump and his movement in the United States. I, I, I'm not sure that Alistair. I mean, I'm sure Alistair Heath is right about the fact that. A, big political space for a new force in Britain is opening up. But that doesn't mean that it, would be, that it would succeed or that it would be allowed to. And usually, when things are as bad as this, very difficult to see how they can be turned round. Historically, little precedent for it. None I can remember. I hope, I hope Alistair Heath is right, by the way. It is turned P- round. P-
0: Putin, Putin in the 90s? Putin in the late 90s yeah. with Russia? Yeah,
1: well, there you go. There's a, that, that might be an example, Perhaps. actually. Yeah, maybe. So maybe it maybe it can be done. But, you know, it's... The, the, the Russia of the 90s was a much more fluid place. <laughs> I mean, not everybody yeah, had become, was, you know... Yeah. It hadn't gone on for as long as it had... But it was at it, a point of collapse. It was at a point of collapse, yeah.
0: I mean, it was at a point of collapse, wasn't it? I mean, it, yes, and it then was, you was, had... Was, Absolutely. A abortion. guy at, coming out of nowhere, it seemed, yes, or at least it seemed, it seemed to, he came yes. out of nowhere. And, yes.
1: Yes. Well,
0: that's and, and true. He pulled the country together. Well,
1: that's absolutely true, actually. Well, that perhaps does offer some hope. But, but you know, at the moment, I have to say, this little visible sign of a, of a new political person coming forward and being able to take on this enormous entrenched system that, that exists. And by the way, I mean, as I think we. Both know because you know we both let's be straightforward about it. We've run into the natures of our, our political systems in Cyprus and Greece that you know if you are not corrupt, you are very distrusted, and indeed sometimes act- actively hated by everybody else who is. If, if everybody's corrupt, the one person who's not is very very isolated.
0: probably saw that in in the u.s
1: absolutely we well i think you did bear Mission in mind Trump probably yeah. bear, bear in mind that we've had all these investigations in order to try and find proof of his corruption and uh, it hasn't amounted to anything i mean remember the tax returns <laughs> remember all of that remember how that was going to prove that he was receiving money from the russians whatever became of that story
0: They didn't find anything. They didn't
1: find anything, I know, absolutely. I mean, he, did, he, does, uh, he does arrange his affairs to limit his tax liabilities and he does it very well. But then how is that different from what uh, Zahawi has been doing? And, of course, the difference is that he was quite open about what he was doing with the people who counted who were the IRS.
0: All right, we'll leave it there, theduran.locals.com. We are also on Rockfin as well, and go to the Duran shop, 10% off, use the code. Good day. Take care.